Liberty. And uh, before we get into the message today, I wanted to uh, say just something about Mary Lou. Uh, of course, you all knew her a lot better than I did, a lot longer than I did. I didn't know Mary Lou that well at all. Uh, but uh, I remember the Sunday, I think it was right over here, <clears throat> going through that door. And Mary Lou stopped me and she said, uh, said, Preacher said, I got something I need to tell you and I hope you're not upset. And I said, well, okay. I said, go ahead and try me. So uh, she said, I'm going to have to give up my Sunday school class. I said, I just can't do it anymore. I said, my health is, is failing. I can't do it. I don't have the strength of a need. And I said, Mary Lou, how could I be upset with you? I said, you have been a faithful soldier. She taught Sunday school. It's hard to tell how long. I have no idea. Probably 30, 40 years. Um, and she's faithful. And those positions need to be filled. We've got a generation that's not stepping up. I'm just being honest with you. We're seeing a world now when there's a lot of gender confusion and we like to stand behind our pulpits, pound on them, and talk about how bad they are. Well, I think it's time we start doing something about it. You know what these kids are doing? They're acting on what they know, what they've been taught. There's something more to this. Why is the world in the trouble it's in now? <clears throat> it's because of what they've been taught. You can't sit a kid down in front of a computer and say, here, figure it out. They're figuring something out, but it ain't even close to being right. I hate to see this generation go. I mean, I've said it many times. We're losing a whole lot uh, with this generation. But anyway, I, I appreciate Mary Lou and pray for Frank and the family uh, that's left behind. I know they've, uh, they're heartbroken. I, I know that. So, uh, But let's be praying for them, and the Lord's going to help them get them through this. And uh, truly, I believe one way or another, uh, we're leaving here very soon. I believe that. It ain't going to be long whether you go by the way of God's final call or you go by the way of the grave it's not going to be long look around you folks we are watching the end of all things unfold before our very eyes I believe that we're seeing unprecedented times we're seeing things happen and even in my short lifetime I'm watching things happen that I never thought would ever come to pass but I remember a man of God, Elmer Miner. I loved that man. I'd love to bring him back and talk to him for about five minutes. But he told me, laying in a bed in an ICU unit at Holston Valley Hospital, after open heart surgery, he took me by the hand and he said, son, I need to tell you something. And I said, okay. And I stood upright beside the bed and he said, no. And he did this. And I got right down with my ear at his mouth. Now, Brother Elmer's one of them old-timers from Coburn. He's over Dry Fork, Free Will Baptist Church, up in the holler, Carfax Road, if you ever want to go. And he did this, and I got down close. He said, son, you're going to see things I never thought would see happen. He said, it's going to get bad. But you've got to stand firm on the word. Preach the word. And those, those words ring in my ears and they're more prevalent now than they ever have been. The summer's ended, the harvest has passed, and we ain't saved. That's the problem in our time today. If you got your place, can stand with us. Deuteronomy chapter number 30. 
And you know, you think about folks like Mary Lou and Mary Blaylock and some of these other folks that I really didn't know. Uh, they went at Sunday school like a preacher, went at a preacher preaching a message. They went at it to be saved. That's what they wanted. <clears throat> so let's pray that God uh, will raise that up uh, among us. Deuteronomy 30, verse 1, It shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shall return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity, have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God has scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the uttermost, outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from hence thence will he fetch them. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart, and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies, and on them that hate thee, which persecuteth thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord, and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. And thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law. And if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See. I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, <clears throat> I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and they shall not prolong your days upon the land which thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record against today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto, my, unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the day that you've given us, all that you've blessed us with. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Father, to know your will, Lord, better and better uh, in every day that we live. Understanding, Lord, that uh, your way is the only right way. It's the only good way. It's the only perfect way. Lord, and I thank you, Father, that you sent your dear son, Jesus, to live a perfect life to show us a better way. Thank you, Lord, for loving us that much to give the best you had. Lord, you sent your son you gave us yourself. Understanding, Lord, that when you saw the sinfulness of man and his hopeless condition, saw that something had to be done, so you reached within yourself 
and you produced your son, put him into the womb of a virgin, brought forth into this world so that we as guilty sinners might be set free through his precious blood finished sacrifice through the repentance and forgiveness of sin. Now let your will be done in all things. Father, give us strength for this journey and help us in every passing day. And Lord, we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now in Deuteronomy chapter number 30, beginning at verse number 1, I want to give you a few things here this morning uh, on this thought, a matter of life and death. A matter of life and death. If I say those words, it makes things a little different, doesn't it? If somebody tells you you need to do something, it's a matter of life and death. It means that you have got a very important decision to make. You've got to do something, and you've got to follow what you are being told to follow, and you have to follow it to the letter. You cannot veer from it. You cannot add to it. You cannot do something less, and you certainly don't want to do anything more, but you have to follow the direct instructions that God is given you. Now, I want you to think with me today as we set the stage here. Deuteronomy uh, is the fifth book of what's called a Pentateuch. Uh, the Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible written by Moses uh, as he was directed of God. Uh, and Moses here in the book of Deuteronomy really uh, is sort of looking back. He's, he's recapping everything that he's seen. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Uh, he's, he's been through a wilderness with a bunch of people uh, that just complained the whole time. Uh, a bunch of people that lived over 400 years in slavery. Now he's brought them uh, through as God has led them. And he's just been out there in the front. That's the only thing that made him different. Uh, and, and as he was there... Uh, they were led by a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night. And they're getting ready to cross into the promised land uh, is, is what God is showing them, a land that was promised uh, to their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, and, and as they're nearing that land, you think about a bunch of people that have never known anything but slavery. They've never known what it's like to own anything. They've never known what it's like to have anything. But God is getting ready to bring them uh, into a brand new land. They're going into a different life. Their lifestyle is going to change. Now you understand that when we talk about the promised land, it's a land that flows with milk and honey, you understand a lot of times that uh, we may think, well, they're just going into paradise. They were not going into paradise. Their battles were just beginning. Uh, there were people that were already occupying that land, uh, and those people were going to have to be driven out. Uh, they were going to have many battles. They were going to have to go through a lot of things. But regardless of where we live, regardless of what we do, there is set before us a blessing and a curse. You choose. See, I don't care what kind of Baptist you are. You've got a choice. What you choose and how you choose to live generates the blessing and the curse. And I want you to understand today that God holds that in his hand. He can turn it any way he wants to. And God loves you enough that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get you in his will. He sent his son. If he's willing to do that, he's willing to do whatever it takes. But it shall come to pass when all these things shall come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee. You see, I believe regardless of where we go, God's with us. You can make your bed in hell and God will be right there. Amen. 
Uh, I, I, you know, the Bible says that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. That does not mean that you can live a haphazard life and still expect to live in God's heaven. That does not mean that. You could die as a lost sinner, split hell wide open, live there for eternity, and God would still love you. God don't stop loving you if you don't choose his son. God does not stop loving you just because you don't live for him. God does not stop loving you even if you die and go to hell. He'll still love you. But you chose. You chose the curse instead of the blessings. And you need to keep this in mind. And I believe we need to bring this to mind over and over and over in our lives. We need to remind ourselves. Uh, I'm finding the older I get, it's hard for me to remember things, and I've got to remind myself. I've got to have alarms, and I've got to have alerts, and I've got to have calendars, and I've got to look at them every day, and if I don't, I'll forget it. I just can't remember things. And honestly, when you think about being human beings, we have very short memories. We don't remember things very well. Uh, look at our land right now. Remember uh, when all these things begin to come to pass, uh, I think it was Y2K, and everybody flooded church, and then after the danger was passed, they went right back to where they were, uh, and people forgot. People have forgotten now that uh, we've got pandemics hitting our land pretty hard. People are starting to remember, well, you know, acknowledge, call on God, uh, but if God were to call down fire from heaven, burn it all up, and consume it, where would we be then? Right back where we were. But, folks, I believe we've got to remember that, and we've got to keep all these things in mind. Verse number 2, And shall return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Nothing is mentioned here about your mind. You have got to obey the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's why a baptism certificate does not save you. That's why a profession does not save you. That's why a confession does not save you. I can go down and talk to some six-foot spiritual popsicle through a knot hole in a wall with a white square under his neck all day long and tell him everything I've done for the last six months and still die lost and go to hell. Now, that's just the way it is. I'm not being critical. You can come and tell me everything that you've done. And sometimes it makes people feel better. Well, preacher, I just need to talk to you about what I've done. Well, you need to talk to Jesus about it. And you need to come to him and say, Lord, would you forgive me? We need to be forgiven. We all do things. But you understand that as you venture out into life, you've got choices to make. Young and old alike, you never get too old that you don't have to make a choice every now and then. And I believe that our choices come about and they bring about blessings and cursings on us. There's a lot of people today that are living with a whole lot of regret because they made the wrong choice. They did not do the right thing. They did not do what they needed to do when they needed to do it. Then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity, have compassion on thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations where the Lord thy God has scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which the fathers possess and shall possess it, and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live in together. Now you think about circumcision. Circumcision was a covenant. Uh, Abraham circumcised his son. Abraham was circumcised. It was part of the covenant. Uh, but now God is not circumcising uh, the flesh, but God is circumcising the heart. He's circumcising the heart. See, this is all about your heart. 
uh, I, I believe today with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Uh, you know, we find ourselves sometimes, and, and, and think about your heart for a minute. Some of you, I know I've been in a hospital beside your bed uh, when you've had heart conditions, and when that heart starts going crazy, there ain't nothing in your body works right. Uh, you can't see straight, you can't walk straight, you can't talk straight, you can't think straight, you can't do anything. But folks, when our heart is not right, we've got to turn back to God and let him fix it for us. Because I believe today that the heart is desperately wicked. And you don't have to try to be a sinner. You're born that way. You say, God made me that way. No, he did not. God did not make you a sinner. God made you in his image. You see, that's the problem a lot in our world now. Uh, and you see what the devil's trying to do? You stop and think about some of the issues that the human race is having right now, being confused. Well, you see, we were made in God's own image. And if the devil can make you believe that God made you something that is sinful, then he is tarnishing the image of God. And that's what he wants to do. He's trying to kill the influence of God. So it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter who you're around. You know, I stop and think about the number of people, and even Dalton messaged this mess, uh, mentioned it this morning uh, in his message, and, you know, you send your kids to college, you send your kids to school, and, uh, yeah, they're going to be faced with a lot of different ideas. They're going to be faced with a lot of different uh, theories. They're going to be faced with a lot of different uh, uh, circumstances, things that people are going to try to teach them. But, you know, that's why you need to have your kids in Sunday school. That's why you need to have your kids in church. And I'm going to tell you, that's why you need to be in church. Because there's a lot of things being taught out there that are not right. And the best defense, the only defense, I'm not going to say best, I'm going to say the only defense against something that is evil is something that is good. You do not overcome evil with evil. You only overcome evil with good. And the only way you're ever going to overcome a lie is with the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He didn't say, I am a way among many. He didn't say, I'm a version of the truth. He didn't say, I'm a translation of the truth. He said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I'm a lifestyle that you choose. He said, I am the life. So you see, we're living in a world now when people are in this world. We're in this society, and this society, man has created to make himself comfortable without God. That's what's going on around us. But you understand, there's a blessing and a curse. It's easier sometimes to go along to get along. There's a curse. Watch it. I know we're living in a time when people don't want to even believe in a God that would bring judgment on them. Well, you better think again because he is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of compassion, but he's also a God of judgment. And every idle thought that you have, he sees it. Amen. He sees it. He's got the very hairs on your head numbered. And as quick as I'm losing them, he's still got an accurate count. And I thank God for that. So God knows. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter where you're going. Doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what career path you choose. It doesn't matter where you go. I don't care where you go to school. Evil's going to be there. My son went to a Christian college. The largest, I, I think I got this right, the largest evangelical Christian university on the face of this earth. 
And when he left and we dropped him off, I said, son, do not think you're walking into utopia. There is sin here, just like there is anywhere else. I know what it's like. There are big name evangelists that would send their kids up there to get them straightened out, and they didn't straighten out anybody. They just continued to raise the cane they always raised. Folks, I'm telling you, you're going to find it anywhere you go. Sin is sin. The devil has infiltrated everything, and it's nothing new. It's nothing new, but you know what? You don't have to get involved. You don't have to go along with it. Why don't you stand up? Why don't you be the voice? Why don't you be the one that's going to take a stand on what's right? All my kids get mad at me. Well, tell them again. I mean, if they're going to get mad at you over the word of God, they got a problem with God. They ain't got a problem with you. But see, these people are getting ready to go into a land among a bunch of people that don't know God. And that's where we are. We are living in a time, and, and I try to remind myself of this all the time. We're, we're living in a time that we're living around a bunch of people that don't know God. They don't know what you're talking about. There are people today that you meet every day. You to ask, you say something about being born again, they ain't got no idea what you're talking about. You see, that's where the children of Israel were headed. They were heading into paganistic societies. They were heading into societies where there was idol worship. They were heading into societies where people were doing wrong. They were not living for God. They were not doing God's will. And you see, God reminded them, now listen, you've got a blessing and a curse out there, and you're going to choose. This is entirely up to you. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. Verse 6. And the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecuteth thee. You know, you stop and think about God's able to take care of your enemies. He can take care of your enemies. He's always taking care of your enemies, and he will take care of your enemies. Sometimes we're too busy trying to take care of them ourselves. God, take care of your enemy. You got an enemy? Sure you do. <clears throat> the Bible said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Period. You have an enemy. You have an adversary. And the adversary is just poking all these other people, trying to get them stirred up against you. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, and the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy cattle, the fruit of thy land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Now, as I read this, I'm so thankful today that God has told us everything we need to know. That's why you're being church. You get instruction. It, it's not my job to make sure you live for God. It's not my job to make sure that you do the right thing. It's not my job to walk around behind you and make sure that you're dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. And it's not uh, kids. It's not your parents' job to make sure you dot all the I's and cross all the T's. It's not their job. But I believe one thing that we do need to do and one thing that we do need to understand is that we've got a responsibility before God to carry out his work and to live life his way. Living life his way. And I believe that's important today. I really do. So we go on down to verse number 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. You see, God's not hidden anything from us. You shouldn't have to ask. 
A lot of people do. You shouldn't have to ask, well, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, a lot of people use that as just a flimsy excuse not to do what they don't want to do. You shouldn't have to ask. What do he say about this commandment? And a commandment, by the way, is not a good suggestion. A commandment is a requirement. I mean, think about the laws. Brother Dalton brought out there last week in Sunday school in the book of James, I believe it's chapter number two, where it talked about the royal law. The royal law. That really took my attention, the royal law. You realize today that you've got different levels of law in our world? You've got local law, you've got county law, you've got state law, you've got federal law, and overarching all of it is God's law. Who am I ultimately accountable to? If a federal law says that uh, I am to do something or allowed to do something that breaks God's law, then I'm not to break God's law. I'm just not going to do it. Why do we have laws anyway? Why do we have commandments anyway? They're for our benefit. Why do you think they've got those signs hanging on those posts out there on the highway that says speed limit 70, speed limit 65, speed limit 55? Why do you think those are out there? They're out there for your safety. Why do you think we have laws against drunk driving? It keeps you from getting clobbered if everybody will obey it and you don't get killed by some crazy man or woman that's out there doing and breaking the law. It's for your benefit. And that's what God's law is. God's law is for our benefit. God's commandment is for our benefit. God took Moses on a mountain, gave him ten, blossomed into over 600 laws under the old Levitical law, and now God's narrowed it down to two. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. You're not going to be able to stand before God and say, nobody told me. Can't do it. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Neither is beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. So the word is right here in your mouth. It's right here in your heart. I know sinners that can quote the Bible to you all day long. And misapply it. My favorite was always talking to a man, and he was living with a woman, and they both just lit into me. And I'd been visiting somebody else, and they were living together, and he said, I can't believe you. Here you are, a man of God, and you're going down to where these people are living in sin. And I said, let me tell you something, sir. I said, if it's wrong for me to be at their house visiting, it's wrong for me to be here too because you're in sin too. I thought I was going to get whipped. I said, Lord, just give me the backbone. I'll stand here, and I don't care if she does hit me. I'm going to turn the other cheek. She just about smacked my one jaw, and I wasn't trying to be mean, but he stepped into that one. He's like, folks, what's good for you is good for me, and God's word applies to all. It's real easy to throw rocks at somebody else's house, but I'm going to tell you what you need to do is you need to pick them rocks up and build your house instead of throwing them at everybody. So we don't have to send somebody to heaven to get it for us to bring it down here. And we don't have to send somebody across the sea in a boat to go get it and bring it to us. But the word is very nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Think about the Holy Spirit. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. And I know that uh, the Holy Spirit is uh, looked at something like uh, people just get so confused. There are some people today that go into a church and uh, they go in there and these folks claim to be uh, filled with the Holy Ghost. And they came out more confused than they were when they went in. I don't see that. I don't understand that. I mean... Uh, God is not the author of confusion, right? So 
we, we stop and think about that and we understand the commandment of God is right here among us. I believe that's what breaks God's heart in our time more than anything else is the commandment of God is laying right here in front of us. And people still can't see it. The old saying, can't see the forest for the trees. Do you understand how God's speaking? The Bible said, the spirit speaketh expressly in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil. God is speaking. God is talking. God is speaking now more clearly than he ever has. His word is more alive now than it ever has been. And folks, we have got to take heed under the word of God. Let's go to verse 15. See, look, behold, notice. If you open your eyes, you can see it. You can see it. Can you not see what's going on now? Can you not see it? People that do not understand the word of God and have never read it and never studied it, they have no clue what's going on around us right now. I'm telling you folks, these are more serious times than we can ever imagine. The world is getting stronger and the churches are getting weaker. That's just where we are. And folks, I believe today that now is the time to stand up. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. So God here again has given us a choice. I've got life and good over here. I've got death and evil over here in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God. Now, I want you to stop and think about what God is teaching us today in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgment, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land where thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I want you to look around you today in your neighborhood, and your community, in your family, and see the number of people that were once on fire for God, once did things for the Lord, and now they don't even go to church anymore. Let me tell you something, folks. Church attendance is an outward indication of an inner condition. If you love God, you'll be in his house. If you want to know more about his word, you'll be in his house. And you don't have to beat on people to do it. You don't have to beg people to do it. You just have to give the open door, and that's it. That's the problem. If you don't want it, you won't do anything about it. Tracy and I were listening to a preacher going home last Sunday night. And, you know, I, I, I thought about what he said, and, and Tracy just spoke up. She don't say much a lot of times about preachers on the radio. She said, he's exactly right. I mean, this preacher was talking about we want churches that have ministries that minister to our entire family. It doesn't exist. We want staffs that will minister to every age group in our family. It doesn't exist. You need Jesus. You want somebody to minister to you. You want somebody to minister to your family. You get Jesus in your family. Amen. He's the minister. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Only he can do that. And I believe today, and you know, we went up, uh, Tracy and I have been celebrating our anniversary for the last three days. I mean, Jewish people, I think they celebrate weddings for a week. We've been celebrating since Thursday. Uh, we've eat ourselves into oblivion. I ain't going to have to eat for another three days. But we went down to the Billy Graham Library. I don't know if you've ever been down there. It's over down near Charlotte. Uh, and we went down there and just sort of tracing his life through. Uh, and I got to thinking about how that in 1949, 
God opened a door for him to preach a revival in Los Angeles, California, and they set a tent up. And I thought, what if Billy had to do that by himself? It would have never happened. You see, people came together with a burden, and God started moving. And poor Billy Graham, he was just a country boy out of North Carolina, hadn't done much in his life but milk cows. Not that that's a bad thing, it's an honorable thing. But, you know, you stop and think about everything that happened right there. Look at this church here, 123 years old. Ain't that something? 123 years old. Those old saints that got up here in this holler and built that church and prayed and prayed and prayed. Do you think they could have ever seen this building down here where it's sitting today? Probably not. Think about Preacher Chestnut Church across the road. Do you think he would have ever thought that we'd be sitting in a building like this? Maybe he saw it, maybe he didn't. I don't know. I was not around back then. But you stop and think about the things that, 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 that were going on uh, in what God saw. He said, there's a blessing and there's a curse. I'll bless you. I'll bless you real good. I'll do whatever you need for me to do. But we've got to walk in his ways. And if we turn away, if you turn away from God, he can't bless you. If you don't live for God, he ain't going to bless you. I'm sorry. Well, he's blessing me. He's taking care of me. He may make, he may make sure you got a piece of bread on your plate, but you ain't going to have nearly what you could have. You see, sometimes we just settle for less than God's best. I just want enough to get me through the pearly gates of heaven. That's not the way this works. I believe we've got to love the Lord with all of our heart. Don't let our heart turn away. Verse number 18, I denounce unto you this day. Now, that word denounce is a very powerful word. To denounce means to declare solemnly, to proclaim in a threatening way. Imagine that. God, God actually being stern with people. How about that? God actually giving you a warning. My daddy warned me many times. He gave me about three seconds to shut my mouth, and if I didn't, I knew what was coming. To announce or declare is a threat. You think God loves you enough to maybe shake your boat up a little bit? God will rattle your cage. You'll get things messed up on you a little bit. Just get your attention. You better listen. See, there's a blessing and a curse with everything. There's, there's two sides, Dennis, to every coin. And there's a blessing that comes with following God. There's a blessing that comes with doing the right thing and obeying the right voice. But there's a curse for doing the wrong thing. And, you know, sometimes we get into that cursed area. And you say, well, why did God allow this? God didn't allow it. You brought it on yourself. That's what happens too many times. So there's a blessing and a curse. And he says, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record against you today. This, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. There's witnesses. Witnesses. God said, I'm calling heaven and earth to record this day against you. And you notice that God is telling him all this before they even get started. Before you even get started, I want you to understand what the consequences are for bad choices. If there's anything that every generation needs to know, there are consequences to bad choices. As a man came to me one time, and I was pastoring a church, and his daughter was uh, not married. She's pregnant. 
he came to me and he said, Brother, my daughter's pregnant. And I said, Well, it is what it is, I guess. Ain't nothing you can do about it now. And he said, I guess we're going to have to switch churches. And I said, No, you won't have to switch churches. I said, I don't know why you'd have to switch churches. And he said, Well, I guess it's just not going to be appropriate for me to come here. And I said, Why not? She needs us now more than she ever has. And I said, Furthermore, everybody makes mistakes. Some are harder to hide than others. There are people right now that have made some big goof-ups, but they got a well head because they can. But be sure your sin will find you out. There's some of it you can't hide. There's some of it you can. But I'll promise you this, is that God has set before us a blessing and a curse. He set before us life and death. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, you and your family. You and your family. You, you choose life. Both thou and thy seed shall live. I want you to think about our society today and what it's choosing. I'm just being honest with you folks. We'll slaughter babies by the millions and throw a foot, throw a fit over a dog on a chain. Something's wrong with that. And I love dogs. I got two dogs. Two little yapper dogs. They think they're, they're about this size, and they think they're about this size. And our neighbors have got dogs that are this size, and they think they're this size. Dogs are precious, if you stop to think about it. But, folks, I'm going to tell you, there's a precious human life. Folks are choosing death. That's just the way it is. And I'll promise you this, there is not a sparrow that falls from the sky that God don't see it. And friend, I really believe today, Dalton, with all my heart, there's a bunch of little babies that's been aborting that are sitting around the throne of Jesus right now. Thank God. Them little fellows ain't hurting no more. They're just as well off as they've ever been. And brother, I'm going to tell you, I can't wait to get to heaven to see all them babies didn't get aborted. Amen. They just got transported. Amen. Under the presence of God. And now they're sitting around his throne at his feet. But you know, you stop and think about our nation. What's wrong, Dennis? What's wrong? Why are we seeing the things that are happening? I mean, look at, and, and it's, you know, it rains on the just and on the unjust alike. But there's a lot of times in life, I believe, that we face circumstances. Uh, and the reason we face them is because we made a bad choice. We made a bad choice. You know, I still remember coming up, and uh, I think Dalton mentioned this this morning in Sunday school. You know, and, and he said, Keevan Leonard, just get on him about this. I can see Keevan doing that. He's, he's a good old boy. Uh, but, you know, the Bible says we should say if the Lord will, we shall do this or do that. I mean, that, that's good advice to follow. And uh, I remember when I was a young man, I was still at home, and, uh, man, I, I was the kind of fellow back then that my papa always said that I bored with a big auger. That was the way that he always said. He said, you bore with a big auger, don't you, boy? And I said, yes, I do. And I would sit and I'd tell my dad and my papa everything I was going to do, and I was going to make a lot of money, and I was going to have this kind of house, and I was going to have this kind of car, and I was going to have this kind of tractor, and I was going to do this, and I was going to do that. And Dad had stopped me. He said, son, you just remember, if the Lord will, you'll do all that. If he won't, you ain't going to get it. And I remember one day I told my dad, I said, I'm going to do it whether God helps me or not. He said, you'll find out. And you know what? I found out. God's been good to me. But there's been a whole lot of things just wasn't his will. And I believe God loves you enough that if it ain't his will, he ain't going to let it happen. You believe that? There's a whole lot of things coming up my boys would have liked to have had, and I wasn't going to let them have it.
because they didn't need it. It wasn't the best thing for them. I'd like to have a lot of things, Dennis, but I ain't going to get it. You know why? First of all, I don't need it because I'm just going to consume it upon my lust. But, folks, we've got to understand that there is a blessing and there is a curse. Now, what do we need to do? What do you need to do? What do we all need to do? Are you doing this? See, this is the question, verse number 20, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God. Do you really love him? Do you love him? I mean, do you love the Lord? How about when he doesn't do what you want him to? You love him anyway? Do you love him anyway? You know, and I understand the whole concept of unanswered prayer. I believe every, every prayer is answered. Sometimes we don't get what we want, and we say that and then get answered. Oh, yeah, it did. God didn't give you what you wanted. That don't mean he didn't answer it. God loves you enough. Go ahead and throw a fit. Get mad. Lord, I've done all this for you, and I've tried to do all these things for you, and why aren't you doing this for me? I just asked for this one little thing. Why can't you do that? Old Dalton talking about going out there and asking it to rain. Well, God made it rain. He's the only one that can. But you stop and think about everything that God does. Amen. Just love him. Just love him. When you love somebody, you're thankful to him. When you love somebody, you want to do things that pleases them. And that thou mayest obey his voice. I, I believe that is so important, especially in our day now, is that we obey the voice of the Lord. When Saul went out and did exactly what God told him not to, Samuel was sent to give him direction. You kill it all. Don't you bring anything out of there. And he brought the best of the sheep and the best of the oxen. And Samuel came to him and he said, have you done what God told you to do? And he said, yes, I have. He said, what means then the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? Our lives tell a whole different story sometimes. You've got to obey his voice. Do you know his voice? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they won't follow. You know, sheep, sheep and animals, they don't, they don't respond to words. They respond to voices. They respond to voices. I go back to our dogs the minute there's one of them. The little girl dog, Tracy can holler at her ten times and she won't move. All I have to do is say her name once and here she comes. Isn't that right? All I got to do is just say it once here she comes. Folks, I'm going to tell you, they, they obey that voice. And I believe that we must obey the voice of the Lord. And I thank God that I know his voice. My sheep know my voice and the stranger they won't follow. And that they may us cleave unto him. Cleave unto him. Staying close to God. I believe that is so important is that we have that closeness with God. And when you've got closeness with God, you've got fellowship with God. And you allow God's presence to envelop your life. And that's important because when you go out of here and you live your life, then you're going to have a lot of decisions to make. Be glad you made the right one. Wait a minute, I've already made a bad one. I've already made a bad one. How many other people can here tell me I have not always made the right choice? Come on, get your hand up. Up a real high. You know what I'm talking about. You know what you can do about it now? Not a thing. It's done. You know who wants to keep reminding you of it? The devil does. You know why? He wins. You can't change it. Lead in a rock forever. It's history. It's a chapter in your life that's gone. 
not counting myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's where it is. And I believe as we cleave unto him, why do we cleave unto him? He is thy life and the length of thy days. Thank God. I believe that God is not just a part of our life. Oh, I make God a part of my life. God has to be your whole life. He wants you to be everything to him. He wants to be your everything. He wants to be at the center of everything that you do. You say, well, preacher, I get up and I go to church when I can and if it's convenient for me and uh, I read the word when I get a minute and, uh, you know, and I need him, I call on him, I talk to him all the time. Well, I talk to him all the time too. I thank God he's a friend. They six closer than a brother, but he's the length of thy days and he is thy life. He's everything. In him is life, and the life was the light of men, right? So God has got to be our life. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. You see, you stop and think about what your forefathers had. And, you know, we, we, we go back in time here. It's, it, it's something that we all do. Um, you know, and I'll be honest with you, history is shallow. I, I don't know much about it. I mean, y'all talk about people sometimes. I have no idea who you're talking about. I mean, you know, and Dalton gets up here and he knew all the Blaylocks and he knew them all and, uh, you know, the, the, the people in his family and he could tell you things that I just couldn't tell you. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know these people. But I can take you over to Russell County. I can take you over to Wise County. I can take you up to where my grandmother was raised. I can take you up in Daint, up in them little hollers up in there. And uh, we went on a bike ride not long ago over with the Cleveland Rescue Squad. And, uh, we left Cleveland. We went over to, uh, got on uh, 19, went down to 58, got over to Castlewood, went down to Dungannon, Dungannon over to Coburn, Coburn over to uh, one of them Ridge, Caney Ridge, and Caney Ridge over to McClure, and we stopped at a little gas station over there. And uh, one of them old boys looked at me and he said, Preacher, you got any idea where we are? I said, You bet I do. Do I know where we are? I know exactly where we are. So if the whole group left and you was left here by yourself, you could get home. And I said, any day of the week and twice on Sunday, son. I know all about these people over here. Well, I hear they're kind of mean over here. And I said, I ain't afraid of them because they don't shoot Kim people. I said, I don't know about you. <laughs> I ain't no ferner over here. All I got to do is start telling them who my papa was, and they bring me into the house and give me a bowl of beans. But see, I don't know much about it. But I do know this that God's made some promises to people over the years. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he made that promise. God's good on his promise. God is good on everything that he has said that he'll give us. Everything. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm thankful for what God's doing in our time. There's a blessing and a curse out there. And, and we've got to realize, and I guess the whole point uh, of, of what I've said or what I've tried to say today is anything you do in life, there's a choice. I'm, I'm telling you, you, you can make sin out of anything. You say, well, I'm not going to shop there anymore, and I'm not going to eat there anymore, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do that. Folks, I'm going to tell you, if I'm not a strong enough Christian to go into a restaurant with a bar in it, and stay away from it, I've got a problem. 
if I can't have one of these cell phones or a computer in my home without being tempted to get on pornography sites, I've got a problem. And it goes far deeper than that. So don't you start telling me what I gotta throw out of my house. If I cannot be a Christian and have a television in my living room and know when to change the channel, if I don't know how to do that, I need to get right with God. Because I'm gonna tell you there's a blessing and a curse for everything. And the stronger we are in the Lord, the more that we see. Thank God. I've been saved for over 30 years. And Dalton, I like to think that I'm stronger now in the Lord than I was when I walked that aisle back in December of 1988. I wasn't even sure how fast I was supposed to walk where I was supposed to kneel when I got up there. I just looked beside myself there, Tracy standing there with me, and her head was bowed and she was praying. I knew exactly who she was praying for. God save him. And he brought me to that altar, and I got up there, and a the guy asked me, he said, why'd you come this morning? I said, I came to thank him for what he did for me at that back seat back there a minute ago. He saved me right back there. He said, thank God, son, I don't hear that every time. But folks, I'm going to tell you, there's a blessing and a curse. I think about it sometimes, and i got to hush. I think about it sometimes, if I had chose a different life. I had the opportunity. I, I could have chosen a completely different life. I was on the wrong road. I had the opportunity right there in front of me, hanging with the wrong crowd, doing the wrong things. Every day that I lived, there were sin, sinful things in my life that I couldn't do without every day. But God took it all away. Now, Dalton, who had to make the choice not to live there anymore? I shudder to think where I'd be. I, I see boys right now that I used to run around with. Run with. And I look at them and honestly, they look like they're 70 years old. And one of them come up to me not long ago, and he said, you ain't changed a bit. He said, if it wasn't for that gray hair on your head, I wouldn't think you'd aged a bit. And I said, let me tell you something, friend. Being saved by Jesus' blood, amen, and being a born-again child of God, it'll do wonders in every aspect of your life. That's why I look different than you do. And the only thing is, is I chose him, and you ain't chose him yet. You be careful about your choices. There's a blessing and a curse out there. Whatever you're facing right now, there's a blessing and a curse. You choose God's way. You, you, you seek God. You ask God, Lord, what do you want? And, and I'm, I'm, I got a hush. I'm way over my time limit. When my boys graduated from high school and they were trying to decide, what do I want to do? What am I going to do? And, of course, Tracy and I were going to pay for the next several years. So I was trying to help him. You know, I was like, look, when you get out of school, I want you to be able to support yourself. And when I stopped to think about that, and I was praying, and I said, Lord, give us direction so that we can give them direction. And God spoke to me and said, Son, you need to tell them they need to seek me 
and be what I want them to be. It ain't about them. It ain't about being who makes the most money. It's about being in the center of God's will. Regardless of what you do. And when you get in it, there's a blessing and a curse in everything. And God's put it right here before us. If you know him, you know the way. You know the truth. And you know the life. Dennis, if you'll come get us a song. I appreciate you today. I thank God for your attention. And maybe here this morning, you're at a crossroads. You're getting ready to make a decision. You're getting ready to make the wrong choice. Are there any guarantees in life? If there are, I didn't get one. But I thank God he knows where I am. I ain't always made the right choice, but thank God I'm glad God allows U-turns. He's turned me around more than once. He's going to turn me around again. And I thank him for that. Choose life that you may live. You can be pro-life and not choose life. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Dennis, let's all stand. Anybody needs to pray, God knows your heart. <clears throat>